0: Well, do you remember one of these beauties that we often wore the last couple of years? These accessory enhancing fashion statement, add to your wardrobe pieces that kind of make it hard for you to breathe. If you ever came across a person that you had never met before and they were wearing one of these, Isn't it true that you would conjure up in your mind a picture of what they would look like? And then if they were ever to take off their mask, you would say to yourself, Wow, that's not how I pictured you. That's not how I I thought of you. Isn't, Isn't that true? Or have you ever had somebody describe to you what another person is like? And then when you got to know that person yourself, you kind of thought to yourself, well, that, that's, that's not my experience of them. That's, that's, not my, that's not how I see them. That ever happened to you? You've maybe had some sort of a, a misconception about what another person is like. And then once you got to know them, you've, got, you've had a whole new understanding of what that person actually is is like well guess what that can also be true of our view of God who or what is your understanding of what God is like because your understanding of God will affect every area of your life if you've got misconceptions about who God is or what he is like, you'll be worrying about things that he's never intended you to worry about. If you've got some sort of a picture of him that is kind of off from reality, you'll be thinking about things about him, you'll be caring things about him, worrying, or whatever it is about him, that he has... No idea of you of having to carry that sort of thing. In other words, if you have some sort of a false conception about God that you've gotten from, I don't know, you've gotten from anywhere. You've gotten from religion, movies, TikTok, social media, some book, or, or maybe from, from somebody. You're going to be carrying around with you Doubts and worries and questions that are going to rob you of life. So your understanding of God determines your happiness in life. Or perhaps maybe even better said, your contentment in life. Do you know that Jesus, in his life and in his ministry talks about God being our Father over 150 times. Over 150 times he talks about God being our Father. God wants you to think of Him as your Father. And I know as soon as you maybe even hear that term, as we've already maybe kind of alluded here this morning, that, that can kind of conjure up into your mind because your, your only reference point is your earthly Father. And depending on what kind of a relationship you've had with him, depending upon what that has been like, or maybe what that is like, what kind of an influence he has had in your life, that can bubble up to the surface for you images of what he is like. A father who has maybe been neglectful, a father who's maybe been abusive emotionally or physically, one who has been maybe sort of not there for you, kind of like a a non-entity in your life. And if that's been your experience, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that's been true of you. It's understandable For you to project those images that you may have onto a father if if that has been your experience it's understandable to project those onto god as father but i'm here to tell you this morning that god is not like that god is not like that and one of the challenges for you as i say if that is true for you is for you to overcome those projections onto God as the Father. You need to overcome those kinds of projections onto Him. So this morning we're going to talk about what kind of a father, what kind of father is God? What kind of a dad is He to you? Because God wants you to think of Him as your father. Jesus said, this is, this is how God wants to relate to you. And He says this, He says this in Luke chapter 11, He says, when one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Andrew, next next slide. When one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, our Father. And we sang about the Lord's Prayer here this morning. And perhaps one of the most important things that the Bible has to tell us it's one of the most crucial things one of the most important things that the bible has to tell us is that god can be your father of all the things that god is i mean think about this of all the things that he is he's what he's creator he's ruler he's judge he's king he's lord almighty of all of these things here is jesus Here is Jesus saying that when you approach him in prayer, just say, Father, our Father. When you come to him, you are to see him through a filter where you see him as your Father. It's not that he's any less these other things. It's not that that's true. He's not any less these other things, but as our Father. Ah, there's there's a significant connection. There is a personal relationship. There's a relationship which kind of begs the question: Is He the Father of everyone? Is every person a child of God? Is God the Father of everyone? well yes and no but mostly no if you mean did god create everybody yes if you mean does god love everybody of course if you mean does god have a plan and a purpose for every person absolutely he is the father of everyone in that sense but there's more to it than that there is this aspect of a relationship that gives it meaning. And the Bible talks about God being our Father if and only if you enter into a particular kind of, of covenant relationship, a binding relationship and understanding between God and you and God and me. That's why we have, next slide here, we have John 1, verse 12, talking about Jesus, and it says, but to all who believed him and accepted him or received him, he gave the right to become, what? Children of God. The Bible says it's only when you enter into a covenant relationship a particular kind of relationship when you receive when you enter into that when you receive him as and relate in a relationship with God it's only then that he becomes your father and you will never you'll never have all of the benefits you'll never have all of the enormous benefits of being a child of God if you think it is something that just kind of automatically happens It doesn't just automatically happen. It's something that you've got to enter into. You've got to receive it. You've got to receive it yourself. Then you are part of God's family with Him as your Father and you as His son or daughter. A couple of weeks ago, our family got invited and we got to attend the National Prayer Breakfast here in Ottawa. Get this. It was the 58th annual National Prayer Breakfast that is believed to be the longest running prayer breakfast in the world. The 58th annual. And there were a number of dignitaries at the head table, one of whom was Justin Trudeau the Prime Minister of, of Canada and as you can probably well imagine, there was some rather tight security. There was two men standing on either end of the head table. They were down off the platform, but they were, they were standing on the on the floor, but they were on opposite ends of of the head table and they were dressed in street clothes, but it was very evident, it was very apparent that they were a part of the Prime Minister's security team. That was, that was, that was very evident. They were intently wa- watching over, looking over the crowd. And I have to admit, for, for a minute there, I kind of wondered to myself, what would, what would happen if somebody kind of made a run for the platform and made a beeline for the Prime Minister? Like, like what would happen? I don't don't know if you saw this this past week, it was kind of all over, splashed all over. Nick Taylor won the Canadian Open, a Canadian golfer and one of his best friends, Adam Hadwin I think is his name, a fellow mate, fellow golfer, after Nick Taylor had had won this tournament. First time in 69 years that a Canadian had won the Canadian Open. One of his best friends, after. Nick had sunk this 72-foot putt to win it. Adam Taylor, or Adam Hadwin, charged onto the green with this bottle of champagne to celebrate with his friend, and there was this big, burly security guy who charged for him and... I mean, he, he, didn't, he thought this guy was just from the crowd. He didn't know that he was one of Nick Taylor's best friends. But he... Well, let's to say, he gave him a pretty good form tackle. <laughs> like, what would happen if somebody had charged that platform and made a beeline for Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada? Unless, of course, you were one of Justin Trudeau's children. Xavier, Ella Grace, or Hadrian. They... they They could just run up to the platform. They they could just run up to him, right? He's still a prime minister. He's still a prime minister of Canada. But to his children, the fact that he is their father is the fact that they experience everything else through that. Anybody else who may make a run up to the platform? Well... I don't know they would at least be form tackled right but to his children for his children Justin's children Xavier, Ella Grace, Adrian he is the father and they experience everything else through his fatherness so here's Jesus in this response to this disciple about asking him, like teach us to pray how do we pray And Jesus has this boldness, this boldness to say that he wants you and I to relate to him. Call him him father. Even with the reality that he is, what? He is infinitely holy. He is all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's the ruler of all. And all of that has been softened for you. It's all to be filtered through a lens where you see Him as Father. His love for you is on you from now throughout eternity, no matter what. Listen to these words from Psalm 103. In fact, if you want to read a psalm about what God as Father is like, just read Psalm 103. But it says this in verse 13. It says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. As a father, so the Lord. He's compassionate. He's caring. And this answers one of the most fundamental questions of human existence. Does God care about your problems? Does he care about my hurts? Your worries, the worries that you are experiencing, the stresses that you are going under, does God care? Does he care about your moods? Does he care about your, your house payments, your dreams, your hopes, your ambitions? You have a heavenly father who cares about all the details of your life. In fact, he knows every detail of your life. Matthew ten thirty says that he knows every hair on your head. He knows how many you have, they're all numbered. And for some of us, that's not too hard. (laughs) I know, with each passing year, it's getting easier for me too. But God knows every hair on your head, in fact He knows every, He even knows the original color too, right? You may have as fooled, but only your hairdresser and God know, okay? That's all I'm saying. God knows and cares about every detail of your life. And until you have that issue settled in your heart, you're not going to get to know God as Father. Psalm 103 drives this reality of him being compassionate. It's repeated three times in the psalm. Besides verse 13, it also says this in in verse 4, who crowns you with love and compassion. Verse 8 says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, abounding in love. So God is a father who is is caring and compassionate. And as it alludes to here, even in verse 8, he's also a father who is grace-filled he is a grace-filled father to have God as your father means to live in grace I mean listen to these words from verses 10 12 and 14 he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities as far as the East is from the West so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Next slide. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. We are dust. Which means that we are weak. We are weak and we are, we are sinners. We've, we've often fallen short of God's standard. And yet... And yet, because God is our Father, next slide here, we are told that His love is on you from everlasting to everlasting with those who fear Him, with those who keep His covenant and remember to obey His precepts. So God loves you for all of eternity, despite your sins and despite your flaws. He loves you throughout all of eternity. Don't ever, don't ever lose sight of that. You know, when you work for a boss, when you work for somebody, he or she is your your boss. You you can have a you can have a fairly warm and friendly relationship with that person as long as you are what? As long as you are performing right as long as you are doing your job they are seeing results your competency is up to snuff as long as that is true you can have a great relationship with your boss but when you don't perform when you're not maybe kind of living up to any kind of competency for the job when you don't perform your relationship is likely to to be over because your relationship is based on your performance. And with a good father, what happens with a good father? Who has a child? What happens to with a good father who has a child who goes off the rails? Well, what happens to, to that relationship? Well, I mean, maybe it becomes a little bit strained, but it, sure, it likely intensifies, right? The relationship likely intensifies. The father becomes more engaged. There's likely maybe some pain involved, but the father becomes more engaged because of love, because he cares. You may have been here a couple of months ago for the Ignite Conference that Arlington Woods had hosted here a couple, couple of months ago with the Ignite Conference for a night of of praise and worship. And in the afternoon, there were some guest speakers, one of whom was Ray Dirksen, whom I don't know if you know anything about, but Ray Dirksen was at one time the lead pastor of a church in Manitoba who pastored there for a long time. And now he has kind of transitioned and moved into a different role, leading a a church renewal movement that has had impact across the across the world. But in the early days of pastoring this church, he and his wife were, were struggling. They were struggling with one of their late teenage sons who had gotten himself heavily involved in drugs and became one of the the ringleaders in the community for being a drug dealer. And Ray openly talks about during this time how his marriage was under pressure and how they were going to handle or deal with their teenage son. His wife wanted to kind of to back off, just kind of give some space, and Ray wanted to enforce the parameters for compliance. Those were his words exactly. Well, through a series of of promptings by the Holy Spirit, Ray came to the conclusion that he was being impressed by God to back off. And that's exactly what they did from that point going forward. And though their hearts were burdened, it turned out that that was the best strategy that they could have done, at least for that particular situation. Because if you fast forward, the son eventually came to embrace God's grace and came free of drug addiction and that whole drug scene. And as of last year, he is now the lead pastor of that church, a church of over 4,000 people. So if you have a wavered son or daughter or a grandchild, don't stop praying. Keep pressing into God, who has, is a God who wants him or her to be their heavenly father. Pastor Ray, he was, he was engaged. He was, he was engaged with and he was engaged for his teenage son, largely largely through prayer but he was engaged with his with the son because because of his love his relationship was not based on performance his relationship is based on family connection and that means everything everything there's a difference between a a family relationship And a business relationship there's a difference between the two there's two ways that you can relate to God you can relate to God as a boss or as a father as a boss as long as I'm doing good things I can feel that I'm being blessed by God and if I don't do those good things well then I can begin to feel that the relationship is somewhat it's distant or maybe it's even lost But as a father, despite your sins, despite your flaws, despite your shortcomings, his love is on you from everlasting to everlasting. Is that not amazing? So as father, God is, next slide, Andrew, God is compassionate, God is gracious, God is loving. And he is also, he's also these other things that we don't have time this morning to kind of get into. But he, want, he guides, he protects, he disciplines, he teaches, motivates, protects, encourages, counsels, comforts, assures. This, this isn't abstract. It's not abstract. He means this in a literal sense. He so much wants and desires to be your father. 1 John 1, 3 says this. He says, it says, And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. So this idea of, of fellowship, of God being somebody who desires and wants to have communion with us, intimacy with us, as your father, we've talked about already here this morning we started off talking about God being compassionate and it's a word that comes up again and again in Psalm 103 it's a word whose Hebrew words actually convey intense emotion and means deeply moved so it's a word that has emotional connotations it's a very emotional word And Psalm 103 is talking about a, re, a deep emotional connection between God and us. As parents, us, us parents who have children and maybe if you've been through the, the gamut of various stages with them. You know, even when they grow up into young adults, we have a, a 21-year-old and a 19-year-old just around the corner. As parents, you, you, you still want them to open up to you. You want them to talk. You want them to, to dialogue about what's going on inside of them. You want that with, with ease and comfort. And sometimes you get it. Sometimes. And if that is true of us human beings, that's true of of God with us, only so much more, so much more. That's why we have verses like Psalm 62, 8, where it says, pour out your hearts to him. Pour out your hearts to him. Or 1 Peter 5, 7, that tells us, tell him your anxious thoughts, cast all of your anxiety on him, open up to him. I love how the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's job, I love how it's the Holy Spirit's job to help you experience your sonship or your, your daughtership as a child of God. Romans 8, verses 15 and 16 tell us that we are to cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. It's to get you to open up to your Father and to have His love come down into you. Do, do you have a prayer life like that? Or you just say your prayers? Because if you don't have a prayer life like that, or you're not seeking to have a prayer life like that, you don't know what it means to have God as your Father. Jesus would say, the number one thing I want you to know, and that when you come to God, the number one thing is I want you to come to God and go to God knowing that he is your father. Our father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Let's pray. Father, here on this Father's Day Sunday, we are reminded of the kind of Father you are. You are personal. You are gracious. You are loving. You don't treat us as we often deserve, but you are patient and kind and forgiving. All of these wonderful benefits that we experience when we step into a covenant relationship with you. So as we look to you as our Father, help us to... To not only stay connected to you, but to walk more deeply connected to you. Knowing that you want to pour out more of yourself onto each of us who are your children. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.